Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of The Josh Carr. I can't believe we're already at episode 14. Thanks for sticking it out with me, everyone. As always, this episode of The Josh Carr Show is sponsored by Gulag America. Go to gulagamerica.com to check out their great apparel. A little bit more from them later. Now, I'm going to do a little bit of a shorter episode today because I'm actually getting ready to go to Washington, D.C. next week. I'm going to be listening to, going to a conference and listening to different speakers such as Newt Gingrich, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Mike Pompeo. So I'm really excited for that. I'm going to film the whole thing, so I'll be able to post it, and you guys can come see what it was all about. Today, we'll be talking about Jason Aldean's new song, as well as the new uh, budget, the new military budget spending passed by the GOP House, which they smashed out of the water. A little bit more about that later. Now, talking about Jason Aldean's song, if you don't know who Jason Aldean is, He's a country singer, and this is news that I can get behind because if you didn't know, I'm a big country fan. Uh, I love country. I've kind of been into it for a few years now, and Jason Aldean is an awesome country artist. He's kind of an outspoken conservative. A lot of country singers are, but he's a little bit more in the political limelight than other country singers are. So he's really awesome. He re really he's re he has a lot of music, a lot of music you've probably heard of. I don't know if you've heard of the song You Make It Easy. That's kind of his most famous song. I'm not going to sing it because YouTube might, you know, ban me or get, I might get a copyright infringement on that. So I'm just going to let you go listen to it if you want. But he's got really good music. If you didn't hear, he released a new song in May. But the reason why it's being talked about right now is because the music video was just released, I believe, last Friday called Try That in a Small Town. And we're going to talk about it a little bit. When he released this music video, the left freaked out. And the reason why is because the music video basically features him standing in front of a government building with protesters and rioters behind him. And the theme for the song is basically tried, like, I dare you to try that in a small town. And uh, people started calling him a racist. They started criticizing him, which, as we'll talk about in a second, really doesn't make any sense, especially when considering he doesn't really mention race ever. He doesn't, you know, mention anything that has to do with black people or Hispanics or anything like that. Side note about Jason Aldean, just so you guys know, if you remember back to the Vegas shooting, um, it was maybe four or five years ago, it was super horrific. Jason Aldean was on stage when that happened. So he's been involved in politics, kind of whether he likes it or not, for a long time. And so he's had a lot to say about gun control specifically. Um, so people, like I said, they were calling out Jason Aldean as a racist. I wanted to look up the lyrics. I'm just going to read for you the first verse of the song as well as the chorus, and I'll let you guys decide if Jason Aldean was being a racist. That's what he said. He says, sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk, carjack an old lady at a red light, pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store, yeah, think it's cool, well, act a fool if you like, cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on the flag and light it up, yeah, you think you're tough, well, try that in a small town, see how far you make it down the road, around here we take care of our own, you cross that line, it won't take long for you to find out, I recommend you don't, try that in a small town. Basically, I mean, the theme of the, the message is, hey, if you're going to do things that are unpatriotic or you're going to do things that put people in harm's way, I dare you to try that in a small town because the sense of community is so strong. How is that racist? Like, there are black people that live in small towns, there are Hispanics that live in small towns, there are white people who live in small towns. I don't understand how that has anything to do with race. Ben Shapiro pointed this out. He literally said the people who are calling Jason Aldean out for racism they're the real racists because basically what they're saying is black people can't live in small towns or they're assuming the fact that riots and protests can only happen 
when it's certain races doing it, which by the way, I'll be the first to say, if you just look at the statistics, people who protest are generally white. They're generally like white women who don't have jobs as well. And, and white, like young college student males. Those are the people protesting and rioting. So it, it's not a race thing at all. And if people think it is, then really they're the racist. They're saying only black people or people of color are capable of looting or holding people at gunpoint, which is not anything that Jason Aldean is saying. Uh, for his part, um, he spoke out against it. Uh, according to CBS, he said, these references are not only meritless, but dangerous. While I can try and respect others to have their own interpretation of a song with music, this one goes too far. No one, including me, wants to continue to see senseless headlines or families ripped apart. Try that in a small town, for me, refers to the feeling of a community that I had growing up where we took care of our neighbors regardless of differences of background or belief. I, I'm, I'm speechless. Like, I don't understand the, inter the misinterpretation there. He's literally saying there's a sense of community. We should protect each other. We live in a small town. doesn't matter your background, your belief. He says it right here. It doesn't talk about any specific background or belief in his song. He just says, if you're going to act a fool and come into our small town and hold, you know, the owner of a liquor store at gunpoint or carjack an old lady, then we're going to protect our own. That sounds like a pretty good message to me, especially when crime rates are at an all time high, mostly in large cities. So, I mean, essentially his message is, hey, you can you might be able to get away with that in these liberal big cities, but come to a small town and you see what happens. And. The message of the the song honestly pans out because you can't really get away with that stuff in small towns. You just don't see crime rates of that size in small towns. The reality, and, and this is what I believe about this, the reason why the left is attacking Jason Aldean on this front, the left are afraid of small towns. The left, the, the whole sense of community or the fact that you can find a commonality on where you live is really scary to the left because as you've noticed, intersectionality is at the forefront of leftist ideology, at least today. Basically, what they use in order to gain support is they want you to focus on your identity uh, based on your race, your gender, your sexual identity, rather than where you live, your sense of community. If you're focusing on those things that really don't matter, or in other words, things that you're born with that you can't actually control, it's really easy to control people, especially you can lie to them and tell them that they there's institutional racism or you know institutional like toxic masculinity, things like this. but on the other side, if you're telling people you have a sense of community and that is who you are, you're part of that community and you can protect each other, that's a message that the left really can't use to their advantage. And so I think they're really afraid of small towns. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of people on the surface who just want to be loud and call it racism. But I actually think there's an underlying fear from liberal elitists that are very afraid of messages like this because it cuts exactly against what they are purporting uh, in their you know, CRT, their critical race theory, their gender ideology, uh, the other LGBTQ ideology that they're pushing. Um, it matters much more, in my opinion, who you live with, your community, your country, than the things that you really can't control. Um, and I think that scares the left. Now, moving on re really quick before we move on to the National Defense Authorization Act, which we're going to talk about for the second half of the show today. I want to talk really quick about the title sponsor of this show, which is, of course, Gulag America. Now, why have you not gotten a shirt or a sweatshirt from Gulag America? I know it's hot right now. You can get a short sleeve shirt, but sweater weather is going to be coming real quick. 
Uh, I mean, at least this last winter was very long. So if you're wanting to be warm again this winter, check out Gulag America. Their sweatshirts are incredible. After they wash their shirts, their sweatshirts are just as good as they were before. If you use my code, JoshCar10, you will get 10% off at Gulag America. Again, that is JoshCar10 for 10% off at Gulag America. Patriotic clothing for the best patriots. Now, Republicans passed what is called the National Defense Authorization Act. You might have heard it, the acronym NDAA. What it is, is every year, Congress has to pass essentially the budget for the military. It's a yearly bill that gives the budget for the national defense. This year, it was for $886 billion. Really big. <laughs> it's a big bill. And usually, it tends to be pretty bipartisan. Um, it's just for kind of normal spending things. But this one was very different and different in a very positive way, in my opinion. I'm, I'm very happy about this. I've been talking about how McCarthy has been doing a fantastic job as speaker, and I'm not exactly sure. I, I know that there are people, it wasn't necessarily him doing a lot of the negotiating, uh, at least not on the face. It was individual senators, or excuse me, congressmen that were amending the bill. But regardless of how it got done, the Republicans were very unified, except for four, in this bill and did a very good job. So just prefer prefacing it with this it was passed 20, uh, two, 219 congressmen to two, uh, 210 sorry there were four uh, congressmen that were democrats that voted for it and four republicans that voted against it so it's almost across party lines which is again very abnormal for this type of bill i want to go through though the amendments that was made for this bill and what made it so polarizing and what you're going to notice is out of the four amendments Three of them passed, and they are huge wins for conservatives and Republicans, respectively. The first one is that it they amended it so that it would also end diversity, equity, and inclusion in the military, which is a huge win. So essentially, you cannot use diversity as a reason to bring in recruits or to further people, give them promotions within the military. You cannot do that under DEI, which in my opinion is a huge problem, especially in the military. You don't want people becoming admirals because they're black. You want them becoming, if they happen to be black and they're awesome lieutenants or colonels or generals, making them an admiral, awesome. But their skin color really shouldn't matter in it. And up to this point, it has. And it's been really scary for a lot of people because we want to project strength to the world. There's a general belief that when you project strength to the world, the world tends to respect you. When DEI is in the military, you're basically showing people that we'd rather have there be transgender folk in leadership than the best person for the job. So they basically, they banned that. That was in the First Amendment. The second one was they made it illegal for the Secretary of Defense to pay reimbursements for abortions. My understanding is that the Secretary of Defense has control over funding for that um, if there are families that have abortions while they're in the military, they've made that illegal now, which is a huge win for Republicans. Once again, this helps anti-abortion pro-life people. Basically, the government is now going to be getting out of the business of, especially in the military, of spending money for abortions. The third thing was that it included the banning of gender ideology or pornography books from military schools. 
So, uh, you know, originally there were, there's very little restrictions on what kind of books you can have in military schools it is now illegal to have radical gender ideology books or pornography, which makes a lot of sense. I don't know why you would need that. I don't know how that has anything to do with a military school. Um, but in any case, it was banned, which is awesome. There was one more amendment that did fail, unfortunately. This failed, I believe it was like not even close. Yeah, it was 147 to 276. So I should, there were, granted there was about one third of congressmen who voted for it. But this amendment was made by Marjorie Taylor Greene to suspend the sending of cluster bombs to Ukraine. And that failed, as I said. So overall, Republicans, huge win. And what's really interesting is that Republicans have always been good at getting spending through for the military. That's always been a strength of Republicans. It's been something that they have, that's kind of been their issue. They make sure the military is strong. And they've always succeeded at that, at least for a very long time. $887 billion is a lot of money. But what's really interesting is you're seeing Republicans finally taking these social issues and integrating it into their policy. And it's really fantastic. The fact that they were able to get this through is really amazing. Not only were they able to get military budget spending in a good place so that we're strong in a foreign way, but they were also able to make domestic improvements through social policy like abortion and gender ideology. So this is a huge win. I, I frankly can't believe that they were able to get this through. Uh, but the fact that they were spells, it, it, it gives me a lot of optimism for what Republicans are able to do. And again, I think this is important in looking at voting patterns for 2024, thinking about how we may now have a Republican uh, majority with a Speaker of the House that is able to get social policy done in a way that Republicans just weren't able to do before. Um, again, this is why I love McCarthy. Like as a person, you know, not my favorite person. Uh, as like a speaker, he does okay. He does attack the media when they're dumb, and I appreciate that. And he attacks Democrats when they're dumb. So I appreciate that as a person, like he's just not my favorite person, but he gets the job done and I don't need to like my politicians. I can just look at, are they getting the job done? And if they are, I'll keep them in office. It's, it's really that, that simple. But I think the end part of this bill is really what teaches us where politics are at in the country, especially the Republican party. The Ukraine bill did not pass. And safe to say that a lot of Republicans voted against it. And so we're seeing that the Republican Party is getting better on social issues. They're starting to stand up for the wrongs of gender ideology and abortion, but they're still being held hostage by Zelensky in Ukraine. They're still, I mean, and still 147 congressmen, I'm not saying it's a whole party, but like half of the party is still being held hostage by this idea that we need to send cluster bombs to Ukraine instead of securing our own border, that that's a larger priority. And so I think that is also very important. It's becoming less and less popular to support Ukraine. Um, but we're not quite there with Republicans yet. I think that's important. I think everyone should be writing to their congressman if they were one of the people who opposed this amendment and just simply ask them why they're sending cluster bombs to Ukraine and what's going on with that. Again, it's important to actually look at what is being done, not just the anecdotal feelings around elections. These things really do matter. We, when we send cluster bombs to Ukraine, we're not sending soldiers to the southern border. When we spend money on certain things, we're not spending money on others. And so it's important to actually look at that and actually decide for ourselves, is this what we want? And if it's not, and our congressman or congresswoman didn't vote accordingly, vote them out. There's plenty of people that will run. Same goes for the president, same goes for senators. 
that is all for today. Like I said, it was going to be a little bit of a shorter episode since I'm preparing to go to DC. I appreciate all of your support. Please go check out Gulag America at gulagamerica.com. Use my code JoshCar10 for 10% off. Remember as well, subscribe, like, comment. Let me know what you thought about this episode. See ya.